I want you to go with me again tonight to the book of Matthew. We're going to go back where we picked up last week uh, where the Lord has been speaking to me about preparing. Prepared. We're getting ourselves prepared. Are you ready? Are you ready for the greatest move of God that we have ever, ever seen? Because we're in it, believe it or not. We are in it. Come on, somebody. You better talk to me. We are in it. Come on, we're going we're gonna to raise ourselves up to another level. I believe it, Miss Joni. And, I, and I'm going to tell you what God is saying. God said, prepare you. See, it, God is waiting upon us. Sometimes the manifestation of the things that we want to see isn't God. Isn't God? Well, I got a specific time. No, the time is is when His body aligns itself or gets itself in a proper place of obedience. That God is going to start releasing uh, His glory and grace. Here's something I felt: we got to quit chasing glory and start releasing glory. Come on, somebody. We got to quit chasing the glory and release the glory because the glory is here. The glory is in us. Hello? You see, we don't believe that, but it's where it is. It's in us. We're still waiting for something to happen, someone to come in, somebody to do something, and everything is going to change. No, this move of God doesn't look like that at all. This move of God is you and I in this moment. Now, last week, I, I'm going to, let's just get, make, maybe it'd make it easier if I catch you up. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness, every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved. With, he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray ye that the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his field. I'm talking about being prepared. Now let me tell you what that means. I gave you that definition. I'm going to give you just a few things from last week and that's it. It means to make something ready for use. Make something ready for use. It also means make someone ready or able to do or deal with somebody. To make someone ready or able to do or to deal with someone. Last week I gave you three reasons why I believe three reasons for harvest. But I think I come up short, and I'm going to give you two more tonight that the Lord has quickened in my heart. Let me give you those three, the three that I gave you last week, just simply because it's the great commission for us to go into the world and reap the harvest. Jesus said in Matthew 28, before he went, go ye into all the world. In other words, go into your world. Quit thinking about Africa and start looking at your world. Your world may not be as big as mine. Mine may not be as big as pastors or some of y'all's. But I got a world. Every one of us have a world that we go into. He said, go in and take this gospel. The second reason is, I believe it's just simply there's a harvest time. Just like there's a natural harvest time. Seed time and harvest. There's times when it seems like people just come out of the woodwork to get saved. 
You blow your nose, they get saved. I mean, it just happens. There's a season of harvest. It happened on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 plus was born again on the day of Pentecost. Here's the third reason. I questioned this. I saw the question in some of your eyes, but I do believe it. I don't think it brings us to harvest, but it does position us for harvest. It's because of the things that are going on in the land and the trouble in our lives. It will not save us because the goodness of God leads men to repentance. But sometimes it's the trouble that runs us to God. You remember in Genesis when, when Adam sinned against the Lord, first thing that God said before, when he, before he spoke to Adam, he said, I am cursing the ground for your sake. And I believe the reason it was, it's because in the pricking and all the stuff that goes on, it's going to turn you back to him. That's what he wants, is that trouble that turns you back. Correct me, some of you Bible scholars, because I got fact checkers in here, I know. I believe there was a place in the, it, to the church at Corinth to, for a man that was caught actually in incest, and Paul commissioned the church to go to him. He said, first go to your brother, tell him he's in sin. If he don't listen, you go to the church, and then if he doesn't, put him out. Now, that wasn't putting him out to destroy him. But it was to let the devil have his way with him so that he will come running back to the church. Just let him get out there and hang his neck. He ain't got anywhere else to go. He'll get himself back. So I believe the third reason is because of the things that are going upon our land. Here's the fourth, reason. Here's the fourth area. And I'm going to touch this quite a bit tonight. Is, is healing this is the best way I know it, is the healing of signs, wonders, and miracles. We've been, can you put our uh, declaration up there for a moment, Miss Mindy? We've been speaking this almost for a year. We declare this is the Lord's time. We declare that revival and awakening are here in our church, our region and nation. We declare this is harvest time. We declare this is the time of healing, signs, wonders, and miracles. We declare this is the time of super abundant overflow. We declare this is the time for all people to come to the fullness of Christ. I believe it's when healing is manifested. God has been speaking to us ever since the first of last year about healing. And that's, there's a reason for it, not just to get people well, but it will lead people to Him. I'm going to show you some things in a moment. Healing is playing a vital role in this last day harvest. Here's the fifth reason. Five is the number of grace. Is absolutely you being obedient to God. It's you and I that will rise up, take on the challenge of the Lord, and be obedient to Him. Now, I'll give you the reason why most people don't get involved in the harvest and want to do it. It's most of us, I dare say, 99% of most of the body of Christ absolutely doesn't feel adequate or worthy enough to work the work of God. We don't feel worthy enough or we don't feel adequate enough. Me and Pastor had a little bit of conversation about this yesterday. It's where most everybody, I just don't feel like I have enough. I just don't feel like I'm ready. I just don't know what I'll do. I just don't know. Well, I got news for you. It's not about you. 
that it is absolutely not about you and that is the work of the devil as much as it is to bind somebody up it's the devil working in you to bind you up to keep you from being who you are and who God said you were and what God said you could do for him hello but I want to declare something to you tonight this is what the Lord has really been speaking to me today because I really couldn't hardly prepare. I just had to write a few things of what the Lord had put in my heart for tonight. I got get where I wrote it all down. First of all, I want you to know that this is, I really don't like this terminology, but I got to use it. We are in a supernatural moment of time in the kingdom of God. Now, I don't like that word supernatural because that could go both ways. Hello. But we're in a Holy Ghost time. And the Holy Ghost moves beyond our natural. And it's super what He does. Now listen to what I'm going to tell you tonight. Why I know that. And I don't know about everywhere, but I do know about this church. God quickened something to me today. I don't know if you recognize this, but we got a five-fold ministry team already being established in this body. That is very rare. That doesn't happen everywhere. Or if it is there, it is not recognized. Now there's a reason for that. This becomes an apostolic, New Testament apostolic church functioning the way God intended for His church to function. Now we're not totally matured in that yet. We're still trying to figure that out. How to make it work. But you need to understand that and know that that is there. Because the word said in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, before Jesus ascended, this is what Bible said in Ephesians 4, He gave gifts unto men. They're called the fivefold ministry gifts or the ascension gifts. These are the gifts of Jesus that He released to the church. They are the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor and teacher. He, she can put up Ephesians chapter 4 for me where that's found. There you go. Go to the next verse. And because of this, this is what's happening. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Because the fivefold ministry team and the structure of God's order is set, there is a supernatural empowering of His people to come under that and come through that and do the work of the Lord. He gave them for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. So you and I cannot say any longer, I, I, I just don't know what to do. I don't have enough in me. Yes, you do. You got more than you realize. Religion has convinced you and will always convince you you have not enough. You don't have enough to get the job done. But he put these gifts over you to acknowledge you, to empower you, to release you. That's why Paul said to young Timothy, Timothy, stir up that gift that is in you by the laying on of hands of the, of the, presbytery, of the presbytery. Stir up that gift. I want you to know this is really a unique place. Now, I know there's other houses that have it. I'm not saying we're the only one, but I know most places I go don't even acknowledge the apostles, doesn't even acknowledge the prophet. The only thing that, well, that's pastor. 
They don't even acknowledge the teacher. They don't really even acknowledge the evangelist. It's just the pastor. But man, when that fivefold, when those ministries can begin to jail and work together as a team, something supernatural is released into the house. See, not only do you have a five-fold ministry that you're setting under that's covering you, empowering you, giving you right to go. Listen, this move of God, isn't, it's, it's unlike any other. Because it's not about somebody walking in. And you know what? I, I was talking with somebody today. This is how we used to advertise meetings years ago. We used to put big ads in the paper. Hey, come in here. Come in here. Valtrice, God's man of faith and power. That's how we'd advertise. That's what we knew to do. Man, we'd put whole pages, half pages, quarter, put it on billboards. That's how. And everybody was looking to one man to do all the work. That's not really how God intended for it to happen. And as a result of that, we built them up and we really stepped out of the plan of God. But this move of God isn't going to function like that because this move of God is about every one of us in this room that is willing to operate in faith and believe what God said He would do. God wants to use you in this hour like you've never been used before. So you might ought to put your picture on your mirror and say, well, Welcome, God's man or woman of faith and power. I'm here to do the work of the Lord. Hello. See, we put it all to one man. I'm struggling with meetings. I've got to be honest. I'm struggling sometime with some of the meetings we're doing. Because we're going to meetings for a moment of hype and everybody walks out of there. We've had a good time, but we really didn't receive anything. Hello. And then how do we base good service? Oh, man, that was a great service last night. Bobby pins were flying everywhere, stuck in the wall. People were running and shouting. Pastor didn't even get to preach because. See, that's how, we've, that's how we have marked our good meetings. Or maybe, can I say this? Or maybe we even declared our good meeting because it made us feel good instead of realizing, wait a minute, what was the change that went on around us? And not only that, but what happened when we left the building? That we left the building, we're here in presence, but go out there and get nasty again. And he give these gifts to equip you. We're not here to make you feel good. We're here to tell you what Jesus has done for you and to release you to go do. Don't wait on me to give you an invitation. If you're waiting on me, you got a wrong perspective. Go do what God's... We're walking into people every day that needs a touch and a miracle from God. Every day. Every day they're around you. Every day there's broken people all around. Every day, everywhere you go. I had a man came by today to talk to me about a young man that's having some issues. Just having some issues. What do I do? What do I do? Broken. Tears in his eyes. I, 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 God's got to do something. People around us all the time. And God said, I'm ready to move for them. I'm ready to move for them. And I'm preaching to Zach because a lot of times these people walk in and I, God, I don't know what to do. I'm going to send them to Pastor Val because he's God's man of faith and power. I'll let him do it. 
See, what I've done, I've made it all about me and not the Lord. So the second thing that he gave us, not only did he give us ascension gifts, but he gave us the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Paul said in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, now concerning spiritual things. Now concerning spiritual things. Let's, let's just turn there real quickly. Pastor taught on this to us several years ago. You know, it's amazing. We just got to keep going over it and over it and over it. He said, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. He said, you know how you've been carried away by idols and all that? Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works in all. Look at the next verse. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. For the profit of all. How many here, be honest with me tonight, how many here professes to be spirit-filled and you speak with tongues? Let me see your hand. Hold it up. If you don't do it, you're not, you're not less, all right? Okay. Every one of you, if you've got the holy gifts, then all nine of the gifts are in us. Come on. They're not coming. They're in us. I'm preaching to Zach. They're in us. They're here. We just don't, we just don't try to move in it. We don't, well, I, I don't know. I don't. And then we try to capitalize on one gift. Well, I'm one, I'm one to believe this. I believe we can move in all nine. I may be sensitive to one more than the other, but we can move in all nine. Because it's Holy Ghost in us. I'm telling you, I've quit praying God move, and I'm saying, Holy Ghost, what do you want to do? I really believe we have to change our language in our prayer. Instead of saying, God move, or God come, He's here. Hello, he's here right now on a Wednesday night. Well, pastor, it didn't get real hot. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. God's here anyway. If we didn't do a song, if we had just walked in and I got in the Word or we just walked in and threw our hands up, it wouldn't change God's heart at all. He is in this place. And he's in this place. We sang that song, we learned it a few months ago. This is a house of miracles. And I told you as I look back of what that song was wrote about, he really wasn't talking about a building. They were in need of an absolute miracle. I believe it was their child was sick and possibly dying. And he wrote a song out of that. We are a house of miracles. Hello. We are. So he gave us these gifts for us to use. You need to start asking him. I don't have time to go into all of them, even to go through it. That's not where I want to be tonight. Matter of fact, he said, seek earnestly the best gifts. Well, I wonder what the best gift is. The one that's needed at the moment. My son, I believe that, Miss Pam. My son, Chad, when we were down and when Maverick was born. Can you imagine he's almost a year old? Next, next, next month? No, yeah, next month, April. So when we're down there, we're, we're oohing and you know what grandpa and grandmas do. And my son had the audacity to ask me a question. Dad, is this your favorite? I thought, why would you ask me that? They're all my favorite. Every one of them are my favorite. 
It's the one I'm with at the most that might get most of my attention at the moment. But they're all my favorite. And I love every one of them just as equal. And may I tell you, we are all God's favorite. And God loves every one of us in this room. Problem being, he gets to spend time with some of us more than others. And it's not his fault. Because he's got arms enough, big enough to put around all of us and pull us up close. Hello, but he said, seek earnestly the best gifts. He said, desire to use the gifts. Start praying and asking God, God, help me to use them. Matter of fact, I, I don't know why I thought about this this morning. You know, you ought to get up as you're going to work. If you could take 15 minutes and you that pray in the Spirit, just start praying in the Holy Ghost. Just start praying in the Holy Ghost before you go. You can do it in the shower. You can do it. Get ready. You can do it driving your car even when the jerk pulls out in front of you. You can still do it. But you need to pray. I'm serious about it. You need to pray. You need to get spiritual. Get, it's not that you're not spiritually minded. You've just got so much on your mind that Holy Spirit can't come to the forefront. Hello. So he gives, us, he gives us these incredible gifts to use. Not only did he give us those gifts, he gave us what some would call the motivational gifts that's found in the book of Romans. That some of us are administrators, some of us are prophetic, some of us are, are servants, I mean, some of us are givers. Those are all gifts of God that God gave to the church to help in what is needed to bring in the harvest. Just like Miss Sun that's going to do the day in the park Saturday at 1 o'clock at Indian Park. A number of people stepped up to help. You know, I don't know what all she's got planned. I know she's bold enough to just walk out there whether she's got a microphone or not and with an accent sometimes that's hard for me to understand, but she's going to preach Jesus to them. And you know what? There may not be somebody else, but I got a text from some, but one of our people the other day was so excited. Pastor, you know what I get to do? You know what I get to do? I'm getting to cook hamburgers and hot dogs at the park. But that's their gift. And you know what? And they're serving with the hamburgers and hot dogs. They're going to get as much as reward as son or anybody else will out there because they're a part of the team to help gather in the harvest. That's the way it is in church with all of us. No matter where we're everybody may know my name as pastor or leader of this church, apostle, whatever they want to call me. But the reality is, and I do tell people this, you're the guys that make us look good here. I just get the credit for all of it. It's everybody that's behind the scene that's doing, that makes things shine. But that's the way it works. But I don't care if I had an altar call and everybody in the room gets born again. Everybody that helped and participated was a part of the team. When you stand before the Lord, I believe this with all my heart, we all get equal credit in that. Because it's held to our account. Here's something else the Lord quickened to me we got to change some of our language of talking. And we got to start talking Jesus. we got to start speaking Jesus. Jesus' language. You brought that up a few weeks ago. Not just quoting Scripture, but we can't be afraid of His name. Now, I learned something through my niece that we prayed for Sunday. Jonda, that we prayed for. I don't know if she's watching me or not. She started her, it's all right if she is. She, she's going to learn about Jesus. You know him, Jonda. But she, but me and Chris was having conversation. 
And she started her chemo and radiation, and they're hitting her with all this at one time. You just went through some of it, and you've been through some of it. Y'all know it. If you've been through it, you know what it's like. He said, it ain't going to be a fun ride. Now, if you listen to her talk, you would swear up and down she is on fire for God. Because she'll talk miracles, and she'll talk belief, and she'll talk like ever. But Chris had to remind me, Zach, you need to read through some of that because she's not talking about Jesus. She's believing in something else. She's believing in the father of the universe. Not the creator of the universe, but like the father. Of, and she's believing in this power and that power. And see, sometimes we talk God and they're talking God and we think we're talking the same thing. But when Jesus left, he said, I'm giving you my name. A name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. See, we even have our Christianese. And we think because we know what we're talking and other fellow believers know what we're talking, they know what we're talking. But they don't know what we're talking. Matter of fact, the early church had one message and it was Jesus. It was Jesus crucified. It was Jesus, the Son of God. It was Jesus. <coughs> and we don't need to be afraid to say it like this. Jesus can help you. Jesus can heal you. Jesus will deliver you. Jesus will provide for you. Jesus will do this. Hello? That needs to be more in our conversation out there. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell them, well, you need to just come to my church. No, don't bring Tell them about Jesus. Because they can come here, but we're going to have an encounter with Jesus. Am I making... Am I, be, I really felt like the Lord quickened that to me. That we've got to change our language to the world and not be ashamed to lift up the name of Jesus. Go through the book of Acts. See, the early church, that was their language. That was their message. They didn't know nothing but Jesus. Peter preached Jesus on the day of Pentecost. He talked about Jesus being the Christ, and they were looking at him like this. He, <coughs> he is the way. He is the truth, and he is the life. When he healed, when they stopped by the lame man, and the lame man said, what do you have? Ask of them. He said, we don't have anything to give you, but such as I have, I give thee in the name or in the authority of, in the power of, in the name of Jesus, get up. And the man jumps up. The man just jumps up and starts leaping as though God just done a miracle in his life. He did do a miracle in his life. I want to tell you, Pentecost can't do anything. A Baptist can't do anything. A Methodist can't do anything. But Jesus can do everything. See, if I'm trying to sell my tag, that isn't going to work. That's powerless. But the name of Jesus, through the power of Jesus. Matter of fact, I don't have time to hit every verse that kept coming to my, my heart today. But the reality was that when they went, that the religious folks begin to shut them down because people are believing now because of what they saw Jesus do. And then they even they have the audacity to come and tell them to quit preaching in that name. However, listen to what it said, however many of them 
Many of those who heard the word believed. And the number of the men who came were about 5,000 because of a miracle that took place. That's not the verse I wanted, but it sounded good. I had that stuff marked down. I wanted you to see. Acts chapter 4. Where is it? Where are you at? I marked you, I know. Oh, there, there it is. It's in chapter 5, actually. They said, didn't we? Listen to what they said. The religious sector of the day said, did we not command you not to teach in that name? Speaking to the religious group, speaking to the, did we not strictly? They've locked them up. They've been locked up and commanded, you're not going to do this. But God had another plan. He sent an angel, opened the prison up, got them out. They went right back and started preaching again. Jesus. And then they said, how did those guys get out? We don't know. They were locked up. But God brought them out. And then they said, we told you not to teach in that name. And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. Now that ought to tell us something. When we speak the name of Jesus, Pastor, me and you were having a conversation about conviction. There's conviction. I just saw it right now. Because I'm tired of preaching my heart out and very little conviction. It doesn't move any of us. We're not moved. I don't see anybody running to the saying, I, I'm, I'm, man, I've blown it. But they said, when you fill the land with him, you're putting his blood. They're beginning to feel the convicted. We don't want to deal with that. So they'll make a decision. They'll either run to God or they'll run out on God because they want nothing to do with it because the convicting power of his name. See, there's something about that name that makes even demons tremble. There's something about when you and I speak that name. We'll put it in every situation except when it comes to really getting out in everyday life and said, I want to tell you about Jesus. I want to tell you what Jesus did for me. I could talk it like this. I want to tell you how God has helped me through Pastor Val. Well, that may I'm just using you, you know that. That may be good. And it may be the way God used. But it was the Jesus in Pastor Val that God used. See, that's why we feel inadequate because we're seeing the flesh of a man instead of the Jesus in the man and what Jesus wants to do. Listen, friends, we've got to release our faith. We've got, I, I really believe this, that our greatest days, 25 years is coming this year in December for us and I feel like I'm just getting started. And I feel like everything that we have been looking for and waiting upon us is here right now. If we release our faith and believe what God is speaking. This isn't just Zach speaking. This is every prophet that's walked in this room over the last two years been speaking. And everybody that you're hearing on Facebook and YouTube and everywhere you go are speaking the same. If we the church will believe. 
If we'll rise up in faith, which, well, Pastor, I've heard, I don't care what you've heard before. I don't care how many years it's been. I don't care. All I know is what God is speaking right now and what He's doing. And He's just waiting upon somebody. I'll steal it. He might preach it later, but I'll use something me and him were talking. You know, this is how we go with everything. It's either upon our what we feel are our adequacy or inadequacy, or if I'm praying for Miss Sherry, well, Lord, you know that Miss Sherry is such a good person. She's put up with Pastor Val all these years, and they've been in ministry, and she's deserving. You hear how we pray? Hear how, hear, we do this all. I do it. We, we pray like, Lord, they're deserving of it because of, because of, because of, because of. I got news for you. It isn't a because of. It's all because of Jesus and His great love for us. Listen, in the name of Jesus, we got to rid off these satanic attacks and we got to declare the healing in the name of Jesus. I don't want to take away from y'all's teaching. I didn't get to be there Saturday and you guys done an awesome job I heard. It was a great class. But I'm telling you, Healing isn't in the name of Ashley or the name. It's in the name of Jesus. It's in the power of Jesus. And he's given me his name. And you know what? You don't have to be in this thing all of your life. You can be the newest person on the planet and God work miracles to you. And may I tell you, he's not looking for perfection because God knows how to take your mess and do things through you. And at the same time he's working through you, straighten you up. Because see, this is what religion said. You're not qualified. Well, I know, Ashley. I know she's got, you know, she's got a few. And so we disqualify her. We don't have any faith around. And it's the same way with us. But he takes us and he builds us. I, I, I was reading something from, from Dr. J.T. Parrish the other day for just a moment. And, and Dr. Parrish was talking about the greatest move of the planet. The coming of the Lord and the great falling away. The great harvest coming in and the great falling away. It's all going to happen at the same time. And yet God can take us if we're just willing to yield to him. And just put our faith in him. I've got news for you. If you think this cat's perfect, you're looking in the wrong place. I'm talking about me. And I don't know that there's a person in this place that's perfect. And God's not looking for that perfection. You mean, Pastor, he's given me the right? No. I'm just saying, quit letting the enemy steal what God wants to do with you because you don't feel like you're all that in a bag of chips. Now, let me get to the healing because I should have done already been there. I believe healing. It's, it's interesting to me. I, got, I was just in here. I was actually out working outside the other day here for a few moments. Pretty day. I just thought I'd come around and do some stuff out, outside. And I, I was just minding my own business. And God starts talking to me about healing. And I noticed something. In Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says Jesus comes on the scene 417, I believe it is, and he begins to preach like this. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then, matter of fact, just I don't I don't think I put that up there for you. Yeah, I did. Uh, go to verse 22. Then he calls these disciples. And in verse 23 of Matthew 4, 
the Bible said, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and all disease among the people. I mean, it was off the start, Pastor. Miss Sherry, it was off the start. I'm going to heal every sickness and every disease. Finish it up. Then his faith. Look what the word says. He's healing people. His message was repent, but he's healing Ben. Mike, then his fame went throughout all Syria. Then they brought more sick people to him. And they were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics. And he, what? Healed them. And great multitudes followed. Wait a minute. Harvest starts following Jesus. Why? He's transforming them. He's healing them. Man, I got to thinking, Lord, why is healing such a role? I read it to you in Matthew 9.35. He went through every city, through all the villages, preaching, teaching in their synagogues, preaching in the streets, and healing the sick that was among them. I'll give you a clue. First of all, he's showing us something. Sickness isn't of him. If you haven't figured that out, he didn't give it to you. He didn't put it on you. And he didn't plan for you to have it. Come on, you better hear what I'm telling you. Because there's nothing on this planet that will make you question God more than your sickness and your pain. Why not healed? Does God doesn't love me or he would heal me? God doesn't care about me as much as he does Charlie. Charlie got off the ventilator, 500 others died. God must not love me. So it makes me question God. It makes me accuse God. It makes me blame God. Or blame, what did I do wrong? Why did I have to carry this? I've even had people say, you know, God must be playing a game with me. And that's how our view becomes of God, because of sickness. I believe the first thing that God said, He's wanting us to say, I didn't put this stuff on you, and I don't plan for you to live under it. Now, I'm not trying to bring any condemnation on anybody, but sometimes we've laid claim to something. This is mine. It's my cross to bear. No, it's not. No, it's not. Well, Pastor, why not healed? I don't know. I can tell you you are healed because Jesus done paid for it. It's in the atonement. Am I okay? Isaiah 53, 5 says, listen, I'm dealing with some stuff. My feet's been hurting more lately. I don't. I am healed. I, that's the first time I've said that publicly. I think, but it has been. I say, hey God, what's up with this? We got to get these boys well. I got too much to do. But the reality is, I'm already healed because it's in the atonement. Isaiah fifty-three five says, "He was wounded for my transgression." Bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace is upon him, and with his stripes I'm healed. Okay, let's look at that verse because you need to look at it like this. First of all, sickness came into the world because of sin and the devil. Okay? 
But Jesus said, I've taken care of your sin. I was wounded for your transgression. Well, it's the generational curse because my dad died when I was 30, when he was 65, and that's when I'll probably kick out. You'd be surprised how many people watch the clock, the generational clock. But this is what he, he was wounded. He was wounded for our transgression, bruised. That's the inward bruising. That's that generational thing. He said, I dealt with that. I dealt with that curse. And then, well, he's punishing me because I was this or I was that. The chastisement of my peace is upon him. So if you're trying to take that, you're trying to carry what Jesus did for you. And he said, with my stripes, you're healed. So there's only one place he wants us to see. The devil is out to destroy you. And that is why sickness comes. And so when I look at it from that perspective, I can start dealing with it from the authority of the name of Jesus. Hello? I start dealing with it from the authority of the name of Jesus. He was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace is upon him, and with his stripes I'm healed. So now all of these people are following Jesus. Why? Because of the miracles. What are the signs and wonders? It's the miracles. It's the healing that Jesus is doing in the streets. I said, wait a minute, how did that happen? Brother of Whitstone. Y'all remember Roger and Glenda Whitstone, our friends from Paducah, our pastors there? Miss Glenda, October, has, has suffered from migraines for years. Bad migraines. Bad migraines. She was in an automobile accident, messed her up her back neck, and she has suffered. She has been, I mean, she's been on everything in a meeting. In October that I preached, I wasn't a guy preaching that night, somebody else was. Jesus healed her that night. And Diane will tell you, you can't tell you, we can't tell you how many nights Roger would text, pray, pray for Glenda. I'm going to have to take her to the hospital because this migraine is worse than ever. And from October, I believe it was October 13th, because I talked to Brother Roger yesterday. I said, man, Glenda hadn't had another migraine. He said, Pastor, she has not had another migraine. Not had it. Not had it. Jesus touched her. And she went to see the Indian doctor that was treating her. And was treating her because of something else. And she said, all of a sudden, Roger said, she got, he got quiet. And Miss Glenda said, I got to tell you something else. He said, she said, I want you to know I haven't had a migraine since October 13th. This is just a short time ago. He said, well, what would you do? What are you taking? What are you eating? He's wanting to know. And she boldly spoke up and said, Jesus healed me. They laid hands on me and anointed me in the name of Jesus. And Jesus healed me. Roger said tears began to flow down that Indian doctor's face. He said, please, I don't know what you're doing. Does he do that all the time? And if he does, you're going to put me out of business. Not a, not a migraine. You, you have to know the story to know how severe that was. But Jesus did it. They followed because of the multitudes. In the book of Mark chapter 2, i got to land this jet because my time is over. In Mark chapter 2, Jesus is teaching in this house. And the place is jam-packed. And four men decide they got a friend 
that is a paraplegic that can't get to Jesus, we're going to put him on a cot, we're going to go up, we're going to pull back the roof, and we're going to lower him down to Jesus. I want you to think about this. Nothing says that Jesus ever asked a word about the man. He didn't ask what his condition was. He didn't ask, is he born again? Does he smoke? Does he drink? Does he chew? Does he shoot up? Does he do all? He didn't ask any of that stuff. But the Bible said when he saw, listen church, when he saw their faith. Where was their faith at? Jesus. Jesus can heal. Jesus can do it. And how did Jesus address the man? He said, your sins are forgiven. And the religious group said, what? You healed him and you, what gives you the authority to say that his sins are forgiven? Because Jesus was declaring the atonement that forgiveness and redemption and salvation go hand in hand. And every person that gets born again don't really, because we don't tell them this, but they can walk away not only having a trip to heaven and live life to its full, but they can be well of every disease that they have in their body. We just don't preach it that way. We don't teach it that way. But Jesus healed him. John chapter 6, Jesus gets off the boat. And the Bible said in John chapter 6 too, Then a great multitude followed him because they saw the signs which he, which he did. And he, ah, I can't even read my own writing. Let me read it right so that you can hear it exactly the way it is. Then the multitude, a great multitude followed him because they saw the signs which he performed on those who were sick. They followed. They followed. I want to tell you, Hollywood knows more than we do. We're in a supernatural world. That's why I don't like that term because it can go both ways. It's like, hey, you want to go to the movie tomorrow night and watch Superman? Or, the, or not Superman, but the new Spider-Man? He's an average kid that's got an issue. He can become superhuman. Or what about Batman? Ordinary people that act. There's, there's shows on all the time. The new mutants. What, it's average kids, smart kids, but they got these extraordinary powers. And the world is being infiltrated with the people that are moving in an extraordinary power, even from demonic stuff of, of, of what's, that, what's the guy, uh, Harry Potter and all those things of the sorceries and the sorcerers and the witches and all of that. And our kids, listen, a generation, our kids are consumed by that stuff. And the reason they're consumed with the world because the church refuses to acknowledge that we're, we're ordinary people with extraordinary power. And more times than one, the problem is we don't give room for it to operate because I don't have time to get everything in and give you the opportunity to release the power of God. But through healing, through the miracles, and I'm telling you, in this move of God, church, it's not just going to be in a building. It's everywhere you go. Can I read this? And I'm done. I want to read a prophecy. I got off the internet today. 
And the only reason I read in it is because of the people that I knew tagged to it, that I give honor to, and I will respect as men and women of God. But this man said two days ago, I don't know who this guy is, but two days ago I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to meditate on the Holy of Holies. You'll like this, Charlie. I've always been fascinated with the subject of the Holy of Holies. I've studied it. I've walked the tunnel under the Temple Mount Jerusalem, stopping to pray at the spot estimated to be where the Holy of Holies was in the temple. I've taught extensively on it. I wondered why the Lord had me once again bringing my focus to to this most holy place. And last night, just a few hours ago, I was worshiping the Lord with the song, Take Me In to the Holy of Holies. And this morning I awakened at 3 a.m. and I heard Holy Spirit whisper, You are the Holy of Holies. And some people reading this right now are done right now with this post. But hear me out. If there was ever any place God was jealous over, it was the Holy of Holies. If there is any person He's jealous over, it's you and I, Zechariah chapter 1. If there was any place that God was guarded, was guarded by God, it was the Holy, Holy of Holies. And if there is any person that is guarded by God, it's you and I. The Holy of Holies contained the Ten Commandments, Aaron's rod and manna. Your spirit carries the word of the covenant, the authority of the covenant, and the provision of the covenant. Man, that's good. These items were all contained within the Ark of the Covenant, surrounded and guarded by the angelic. Your spirit, that is the Ark of the Covenant, where God Himself has chosen to abide. You are surrounded and protected by the angelic. Only the high priest could access the Holy of Holies. Only your great high priest can access your spirit. Your life is not up for grabs. You are not easy prey for the enemy. The people knew the Holy of Holies was off limits. The devil and his demons know that you are off limits, but they lie to you to deceive and gain illegal entrance. The Holy of Holies cannot even be touched, and the devil is not allowed to touch you. The blood was applied to the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, covered the mercy, called the mercy seat, which contained the law of the covenant, thereby redeeming the people from the curse of the law. The blood has been applied to you, redeeming you from the curse of the law. The priest could not access the most holy place without the blood. Satan cannot access you because he has no representation of the blood of the Lamb. The presence of God manifested in many tangible ways to the people of God. But the holy of holies... (coughs) was the epicenter of His presence. You are a carrier of God's presence and of the anointing. Through your life, burdens and yokes are removed from people and yokes are destroyed. You walk in the demonstration of the Spirit and power. He gives verses for all of this. The Word declares that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God's that God's Spirit literally dwelling in you, the Holy of Holies. It was the most, it was the innermost and most sacred chamber of the temple. And your life contains the very life, the Spirit and presence of God. Your belly flows with the river of living water. You are the Holy of Holies, the most holy place 
for you have seen, for you have seen yourself small, insignificant and unworthy. If only you could know now the depth in which you value lies. In the midst of my people Israel, I would come in visitation. In the tabernacle, in the temple. But in you, I do not visit, I dwell. I have made you my holy habitation. Out of the most holy place came promise. Promise of my word, authority and provision. Out of your spirit, I am releasing the word of my covenant, the authority of my covenant, and the provision of my covenant. I have set you in the midst of a world that is lost and without a shepherd. Out of you will flow life, anointing, authority, and provision. From your belly will come the very essence of who I am. Do not be surprised when people seek you out because of what you carry. They will seek you out in the natural, but they are looking for me in the supernatural. Be supernatural. Do not be afraid to be a carrier of my anointing to the nations. Do not allow the enemy to minimize who you are or what you carry. You are my ark. You are my most holy place. I've applied the blood of the lamb upon the seat of your heart. You are healed. Healing flows from you. You are healthy. Health flows from you. You are whole. Wholeness flows from you. You are anointed. Anointing flows from you. You are blessed. Blessing flows from you. You are free. Freedom flows from you. In a dark and troubled world, you are the epicenter of my grace, my love, and my anointing. And I'm pouring you out with priestly anointing that rises up to destroy the yokes and the strongholds of a lost world. The enemy hated the most holy place within the tabernacle and the temple because he had no access. It was not his once his. You were once his. But he can no longer access you. And he hates you for it. But you are now mine. And I have wrapped you in my heart. And the enemy cannot touch you. Speak and decree the release today of that which is inside of you. It is too precious to keep locked up in the deep chamber of your spirit. It was never designed to be buried. Your heart was once a tomb where a dead man laid. But now, oh hallelujah, it is a living ark of my presence, my life and all that I am. Open your mouth, stretch forth your hand, extend your life and watch the holy reveal of your word, authority and the provision of my covenant contained in the ark of who you are be released unto a wilderness of people says the Lord. Woo! Wow! You're a carrier. Look for the glory out there. It's in here. It's in all of us. Anointing is in you. Come on, stand to your feet. I want you to lift up your hands. Do what the Lord said. Start declaring, God, you have covered me. I am your presence. I am the ark of your presence. I am your covering. Your blood covers me tonight. Your glory is in me. Your anointing is in me. Healing flows out of me. Oh, son of Bacoya, believe it. It flows out of me. Healing flows out of me. Anointing flows out of me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. It's in you. Jennifer, it's in you. Adrian, it's in you. Chris, it's in you. 
Alejandre, it's in you. Melbourne, it's in you. Ben, it's in you. Hallelujah. Gina, it's in you tonight. Oh, it's in you the glory of God the power of God is in us come on give him a shout of praise it's in you I'm telling you if we can believe it so that means I've got to, I, can't, I can't live like I've been I've got to stir the expectation up now I, I got to stir the expectation up and expect God to do something great. Okay, before we leave, let's just, just, let's just practice real quick. Just turn to somebody around you and say, can I pray for you? If they don't want you to touch them, don't touch them. Just say, can I pray for you? But here's how you're going to pray. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Come on, make sure that everybody's got somebody praying for them. Thank you, Lord. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus, I command every abnormality that's unlike you. I command that demon of hell that has tried to grip Donnie and everything about him. I command it out tonight in the name of Jesus. And I declare healing, healing over him right now. Right now in the name of Jesus. I declare that over Michael. I take authority over that which has tied his tongue up. In the name of Jesus, devil, get your hands off of him. And I decree the healing virtue of God. I decree healing over him tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We declare it tonight. We declare healing, healing, healing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Pastor, we need to change anything in that? In the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, it's here. I'm telling you, He's here. He's here now. And He is not leaving us. And He's not leaving you. He's here. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, the tumor's got to go. In Jesus' name. That's not of God, that lying devil. Let go in the name of Jesus. Masaribo sontaya. Manamababo samabakaya. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Pastor, I'm still sick. Hey. Let me give you something. I'm going to help you. I think it's in the book of James. It said, it tells us to pray ye one for another that you might be healed. Now listen, he didn't say pray for them that they may be healed. He said in this case, pray for them that you might be healed. So as you release healing to them, it's coming back to you. That's what God said. Come on. So if you're struggling, go find somebody and pray for them. Pastor, I got it. I don't care. Go find somebody sick and pray for them. Hello. And watch healing manifest in you. All right, I'm done. I done gave you what God said. Good night, everybody. God bless. <laughs>